Welcome to The Solution. This is an AA speaker series meeting in which we discuss the 12 steps of the program of recovery. For 12 weeks, we have a speaker <clears throat> sharing their experience, strength, and hope of the AA 12 steps. Our speaker for this series is Mike Chase. Can we get a warm welcome? Thank you. Thanks. It is hot as in here. You guys don't mind, do you? Let's get to work at you, I guess, right? Yeah, I don't have the faintest idea where we're going to go tonight. I just, I, you ever had one of those days where you're riding your bike and everything's going great and people just keep sticking sticks into your spokes and your day just gets getting bumbled up? And, um, and, I, and I, have a, I have a solution to take the problems to today. Um, I'm going to be 55 in the next couple of weeks, and I've had about... 8,000 end-of-life moments, you know, those, oh, my God, it's never going to, you know, I'm going to, the, the relationship, my life's going to be over, the job, the, the finances, the, all those things, guess what? I'm going to be 55 next week. Cool. And I'm still alive and well to prove that, you know, despite all my great attempts to screw things up, God's there to pick up the pieces. And I'm saying that to my sponsor. I got my weekly check-in. I'm saying that. First thing, we just sit down, and I said, you know, it's so cool. Despite all my attempts to screw up my life, God's always been there to pick me up and help me through. And he said, um, basically, it's like um, most of the time, you know? Because sometimes what I want the solution to be is not the solution that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Just from day one, you know, when I was a little kid, that what I wanted to happen, if I wasn't going to get it, I learned to steal. You know, I learned to lie a little bit, cheat a little bit. You know, we're going to be working through the steps today. We're going to be doing step six, which, which is one of my favorite steps. You know, it's uh, it's only one paragraph. <laughs> yes, you know, it's it's accumulation of everything we've been doing up to this point. Um, we just read how it works, and and the the key. They always end with the. Um, the A, B, and Cs. You know, well, first our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic which is someone who's confused, by the way, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three important ideas. Now, this is for me, that I was an alcoholic and could not manage my own life. I was spending my entire life lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating, trying to manage life so it was on my terms. You know, I was that salmon, always fighting the stream to get to where I wanted to go instead of just you know, riding along with the stream and enjoying life as I go. I, nothing I ever had was good enough. Any situation, I had to tweak and try to make better. And if it was good, it was good for a few moments, and it should have been better. You know, I, I reached that point, and it's, oh, I overshot it or I undershot it. You know? That probably no human power could have relieved my alcoholism. Despite all my attempts, all my threats from my boss, all the threats from you know, roommates and parents and stuff like that, I was the sneaking around when no one's watching, getting drunk, you know? I had this grand sponsor that used to come up to me at meetings and just bite into my face and go, how's that honesty, Mike Chase? It's a bitch, isn't it? And it's like I knew he could smell something. You know, it, it was four days before you know, I drank, and it's like this guy knows he's psychic. It's like pick up a white chip, you know. It just sucked. All my attempts, rehab, IOP, 90-90, staying busy, all those things they tell me to do wasn't working for me. And God could and would if you were sought. There's the good news for me that I knew that some people had gotten sober through the grace of God. I had gotten sober through the grace of God in 84, a spiritual experience, and I blew it, and I, I threw it away. And after 15 years, I'm, I'm back in getting high and getting drunk. Um, this is the best part of how it works, which they don't say. This is sort of like the punchline of a joke almost. Being convinced of A, B, and C, we were at step three. 
which is we decide to turn our will, which in layman's term is my thinking, and our lives, which is my actions, over to the care of God as we understood him, which is as I understood him, which is however lame and misplaced and misdirected is my conception of God. Just what do we move, just what do we mean by that and just what do we do? It's telling me that the only way for me to have a spiritual experience sufficient enough to help me get over me, which is the problem, and lack of power, which is the problem, I have to do certain things, and they put me into this extensive process, step four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, right away, quick. You know, when I work with my guys, we start on page zero. We spend two, three hours on every chapter. Forward, imagine this, forward to the first, forward to the second, third and fourth forwards, and the preference. Two hours, three hours, sitting in a room, talking, reading, sharing, understanding what Alcoholics Anonymous is about. That's this growth process, and we're actually spending time with these guys, and they're getting, spending time with us. So we got all these chapters we've been working on and stuff like this. So I'm getting an idea of what this is like and what it's all about. <laughs> The first requirement is convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. All I have to do is look at my history. You know, and, and, but then, but see, I got this, this ability in my brain to look at the history and then pretty it up. And, and I see the fact that I'm stealing from my mother. You know, I come to visit my mom. I'm going to visit my mom, and she's in the kitchen. I'm just, okay. And then I run to the coat closet when she's not looking, digging in the purse, gets in my pack and, and I get caught. And hopefully, and I'm thinking, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. That's awfully nice of mom to leave money in the purse like that for me. That's what's going through my brain, you know? And, and, and then if I'm in a real hurry, I'll just stick my hand in a couple of her, her coat pockets, you know? It's like, oh, 20, dude, thanks, Mom. But I don't go and say, hey, Mom, thanks for leaving the money in the purse or money in the jacket. You know, it's, there's like this little secret thing me and Mom have going on. You know, she leaves money in her wallet for me or money. And this is the stuff that goes on in my brain, you know? And it wasn't like that. I was raised a good little kid. You know, my mom, the only thing my mom ever taught me that was wrong, well, questionable... <laughs> My mom was this uh, crafts, crafts maker. She would, she'd do pressed flowers and dried flowers and make little arrangements and put them in frames and sell them at crafts. My father had passed away, and this is a way for her to make some extra money. So one of the things she did, I overheard her talking to these people, is she would have to go out and pick mushrooms out of the yard to dry to make these art things, you know? Well, she was trying to write off her lawnmower that she had just bought on her taxes because she used that, you know, that, that was her excuse to find mushrooms. And so from that point on, I'm thinking, hmm, if I come up with a good logical excuse, anything I do, I can come up with an excuse. I can okay it. I can run it by my mind. So little things. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't this, this blatant. It was just these little tiny things, you know. So I'm, start, I'm coming from this, this place of having a relationship with God, um, having, having a mother that's 99.9% as honest and loving as one can be, you know. And uh, I'm starting to be able to find loopholes. Who knows loopholes, you know? Yeah, right? We're good at loopholes. Got too good at loopholes. I did this the other night just for fun. You don't have to raise your hands. Anybody who's been to more, more than 10 rehabs, raise your hand. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, IOP, detoxes, eight, uh, Yes, yeah, so it goes down like this. We were doing this in my meeting the other day, and just for fun, I said, who's been to 14? It's like four people put their hands up, you know? They're trying to treat the behavior of alcoholism in these places. You know, they're not really treating it, the program of alcoholism with, with AA, so they're trying to do it. So here I've got this problem that I'm, I'm a thief. I've learned how to manipulate, you know? I'm, I'm this Cub Scout, okay? My father had died three or four months previous, 
And in order to advance in Cub Scouts, you have to do merit badge work. And I realized if I just went into my little book and forged my mom's signature and take it to the Cub Scout lady, I'd be, you know, I'd be an honor scout in a month or stuff like that. Just wow, you know? She looks at it, and she, she, she's like, now, mind you, I'm eight years old, right? She looks at it, and she sort of goes, this doesn't look like your mom's signature, you know? And I said, we're like, I cannot tell a lie. I for-. No, it's like, you know, my dad died a few months ago, and she's really upset, you know? This is, this is the levels that I would go to to get what I want, you know? Doesn't mean I'm alcoholic, just means that I'm a... My morals are starting to go bad, you know? And, and, there's, and with all the great intentions that I would get a job, you know? Working at a gas station. We talked about this doing the, in, doing the inventory last couple weeks ago. I'm the night guy, so my job is to count everything up at the end of the night. So I have to you know, count the cigarettes, but I smoke Newports. So I always put two extra Newports when I did the count and stuff like that. <laughs> um, I also did the month-end inventory. So I knew what I was stealing from this gas station, right? So if I was, so I would always want to go to the areas that I've been doing, like the beer cooler and shit like that. So anything that I've been stealing, I just add three or four more to what I actually see to try and get this thing to buy. And then eventually I'd always get caught. My intention was not to be a thief. My intention was always to start my day as a good employee and, and do what I need to do, you know? But then somehow some twist of my character would say, you know, they don't pay you enough. Take, take the cigarettes. You know, I, I started to, to come up with reasons to not be an honest person. Now, on top of that, you know, that's the kind of stuff that starts building up against my relationship I have with God. Because I had a good relationship with God, except for the fact that I'm a thief, you know, and God, I know God's not cool about that. So I've sort of like, oh, God, you just look the other way. And I, I realized that pretty much didn't work. I've pretty much come to the conclusion that if I have to wait for stuff on God's time, it's going to be really inconvenient. I'm not going to get it when I want it. So I'll just get it on my own turn, pretend he's not watching, and then deal with the ramifications. First time I got caught, I learned how to not get caught. <laughs> right? Most people don't steal again. I'm like, well, how can I get away with this better, you know? <clears throat> on my, honest, on my report cards, it said my, the, the only thing consistent besides C's and D's was if he only applied himself to, to positive adventures. You know, always, he, he's got so much potential if he just learns to direct it, you know. All this stuff. And this is, this is just normal. That's not why I'm alcoholic, by the way. That's just, that's just me and the human condition, you know. I know a lot of guys who were bigger thugs and thieves and are still bigger <laughs> thugs and thieves than me. They can go out, have a martini or two, do a couple lines and be in bed by 8.30 and wake up the morning and go do some more shit like that all day long. It's, How do they do that? You know, I'm a... <laughs> I'm better than him, at least I, I thought I was. Thank God for the four step, right? For the fourth time for the first time in my life I got this four step, right? I'm actually able to write stuff. Now now mind you, if I had just out of the blue been given here, here's your four step pack, Mike Chase, go fill it out, you know? I would have been so full of shit with that thing, I would have just lied, you know. It's gonna save your life. It's like, yeah, you know. I it, it just I had to be brought to a place where I was going to be honest with that. And I also had to have a start a relationship with God because when I did my four-step, my real four-step, it was me and God. Because if it was just me, guess what do, what do untreated alcoholics do best? Lie, 
cheat, steal, manipulate, right? So I had to have had this little program already in place. So I've got this sponsor. This is 2006. I got this sponsor. He's actually taking time out of his day to sit down and read the book with me. He didn't give me assignments because he knew I would lie. Did you read the doctor's opinion? Yes, I did. We're sick. But I hadn't read it. You know, so he sat down and read the book. He explained this stuff to me. Doctor's opinion. Wow, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Phenomenon of craving. What's that? I know what it is. Obs you know, obsession of mind. Spiritual malady. All that stuff starts making sense to me, you know? I got Bill's story, which is like, wow, that's me. This guy's like an old fart from the 1800s almost, and I can relate to this guy, you know? I was a... I sold cocaine. He was a stockbroker. Same thing. We're selling shit, you know? <laughs> the thing, and I love Bill's story. He talks about the boomerang of his drinking comes around and rips him to shreds. Well, basically what Bill did is he got drunk and he got rich people drunker and had them sign over their money without them knowing that they did it, and that's how he was successful. I would sell crappy cocaine and get people drunk when the real, you know, the best time to sell bad cocaine is at the end of the night when they'll buy anything. Um, <laughs> Right? Okay. Um, wasn't good for me. Wasn't allowing me to be honest. So I'm learning about, I'm just like Bill W. You know, the, I, I became the epitome, you know, when I was, when my sales were top of the, you know, I was great in sales and the drinking was working and I was invited to all the parties, I was top of my class. I was, I, I, I had achieved, I had arrived, you know. And then next thing you know, I can't control my drinking because this phenomenon of craving kicks in, and I show up to parties, and they want the, I, I, I supply the, 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 the deed, and they show me to the door. It's like, that's not fair. I thought it was going to be a fun party, you know? All the things that go along with this, and I, I could relate to Bill W. in that, you know? And then that whole solution thing. What is this solution about? It, it was not some sneaky way to get me back to church. It was just we stumbled across this, this relationship with God. And, and the way Carl Jung talks about it, he, he couldn't even explain it, you know? There's this guy who wrote this big book, which is like really thick and little bitty tiny letters, which is really a pain to read. The, it's called, uh, it was by the psychiatrist William James, and they call it the... I don't know what it's called, but it's, it talks about what a spiritual experience and how, how you have to have one. Um, usually brought about by a, a extreme emotional upheaval where you have the, the, the poop hits the fan, all else has failed, and you turn to God and guess what? You have this miraculous change. Or you ha go through a process and have a, a, a different, more of a casual change, one of the educational variety. I could relate to that because I had the white light experience in 84 and didn't have the faintest idea why. I just had one, you know? This time around, I was waiting in the rooms for the white light experience, and it wasn't happening. So I figured, oh, God, I've got to do some work, you know? So we read, the, we read more about alcoholism, and I realized that there's no sneaking around. That's the only loophole in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, we're all searching for the loophole, right? More about alcoholism takes those little loopholes and slams them shut. You know, if you're a real alcoholic, I mean, phenomenon of craving, right? Mental obsession and spiritual malady. I don't care what rehab you've been to, that little letter to your addict, Dear heroin, I'm going to miss you so much. I will be with <laughs> That shit's not going to do you any good. You're going to be, I'm going to feel good, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good. Next thing you know, you're going, oh, I feel better. You know, if you don't do, if you don't have a spiritual experience. But let's say you just had a couple DWIs. You showed up to work smelling like booze one day in human resources. Oh, you better go to AA, you know. And you're, you're basically, you have no life, right? Imagine you're just this guy with no life, and you drink a little bit too much. You end up in AA. Guess what? We're the most amazing, wonderful group of people on the earth. You know, all of a sudden, you're, you're popular. You're friendly. You know, you're no more alcoholic than I'm black. You know, it's just, it doesn't work. <laughs> and, and, and you're able to stay sober on talk. 
drop in your feelings. If I don't share about this, I know I'm going to drink. I know I'm going to drink. Or, you know, and you're able to stay sober on that. And you start sponsoring a real alcoholic. Who's relapsed? You. Yeah, we all relapse, you know, because we're trying to... If, if you don't do the program found in the book, you're eventually going to pick up and use. There's this thing in the... Ooh, I like this. What did I just come across here? Delusion. Anybody want to find here the definition of delusion? If I can find it. <laughs> delusion. Oh! Unsound and misleading reasoning. I'm honest. I'm doing the best I can. I'm not going to get high today. I'm not going to steal from my boss today. I'm not going to manipulate people today. That was how I woke up every morning. By 11 o'clock, I'd, done, I'd broken all those rules, you know, at the best of my things, you know. There's this book called Drop the Rock or something like that, you know. It's like, if I just practice on my character defects, I'm working on my character defects. Well, it's, my mind is the one that's causing me to have character defects in the first place. So if I don't have God come in there and fix my mind, I'm just going to not do it, not do it, then do it, and don't get caught, hopefully, type stuff. So we need to have this God aspect come into it. So the, the whole thing about more about alcohol is I'm, I'm F. <laughs> There's no sneaking around the deal. I'm a real deal. I'm going I'm to drink myself to death. First step. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Nope. First step. You're going to drink, and there's not a dang thing you can do about it. You're going to get high. There's nothing you can do about it. You're going to do it. Pills, there's nothing you can do about it. Whatever happens, you're going to do it, no matter how hard you try. Second step. Can't believe that a part greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. That is, you know, that is, that's just from from working with people, you know, talking one-on-one with people, act, talking to actual people like this buckaroo. This guy should not be sober, you know? <laughs> you talk to this guy, this guy is... is yeah, in, in the scheme of life, he's supposed to be sober because this is God's path. But, but seriously, this guy should be on... God, you know, it's same with me. It's true. Seriously, you know? It's true. He didn't do it. This guy couldn't do it. God, you know, you, you see these guys, and that's how I came to believe. My sponsor I'm sitting talking to, who seemed like this really upright kind of guy, you know. And then he tells me what he was really like. I was like, damn, this shit works, you know. <laughs> Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God, which means I had to stop thinking like a nut, a thief, a creep, a skater, a skanker, you know, and stop acting like one. It's one thing to stop thinking like one, but you got to stop doing it too. And that was never working for me before. You know, I, I try my best, just like I tried not to get Mr. You know, go get some tequila and, and cocaine. It would always end up, where'd this come from? Oh, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I remember I was talking to my therapist and she said, you know, I wake up in the morning. I'm not going to get drunk. I'm not going to get cocaine. I'm not going to get any tequila. And then by dinner, I'm, I got this bottle and this bag of cocaine. I said, oh my God, where did this come from? You know? <laughs> and she looks at me, she goes, I think you're multiple personality. <laughs> Thank God for PhDs, right? Smart. So I did this searching and fearless moral inventory. And, and the reason it was fearless and thir- searching is because I've read up to the book. I've read these chapters. I read Reagnostic so I could come up with a whole new conception of God because the one I had is based on my little six or seven year old. Jesus loves me. You know, that stuff and all that stuff. That wasn't doing me good as a cocaine addict tequila drinker. It wasn't just, wasn't there anymore. But I was able to take my old ideas and beliefs about religion, spirituality, my place in society, men's place, women's place, the purpose of a job, the purpose of, and it just like set that on the table and say, I'm willing to throw it all and take what works, you know? And whatever, just... Start from scratch, you know? So I got into this book, and he started reading, you know, how it works. We heard, we read about the, the first 42, 
and what they did in a general way, how Bill had sort of been able to, to take those six steps and turn them into 12 steps. By the way, for those that thought, you know, the success rates of the Oxford group, you know, the Oxford group style before we had the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, let's see, Bill got sober in 1935 with Dr. Bob, right? 1938, 1939-ish, they decided to write the book. Hmm, how many guys that got sober? 4267, and how many years? Three. Three years. Oxford group had had the idea, but there must have been some bad success if they could only get 42 guys in three years, right? Clarence Snyder, he takes the big book in 1939, and in one year, he takes one group. He's got 30 groups in Cleveland. One group in one year, he's got 30 groups. He's got hundreds of guys, sober, recovered alcoholics, by using the program found in the book. I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the book. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm, I, I can try to be a Dr. Bob and do it without the book and stuff like that, or I can follow directions in the book and have really good success. Who came here not to get high and not to get drunk and not to get sober? <laughs> Confused, aren't you? So am I. Right? We came here to get sober. So let's do the program that gets you sober. You know, why take somebody through the steps? If you, if, listen, if you brought 18 guys through the steps and one of them has managed to stay sober, you better look about how to do that. We had the football game the other day, right? The Broncos against the Seahawks, right? So if you want to find out how to play bait football, am I going to ask the Broncos or the Seahawks this year? Seahawks, right? Okay, you want to find out who's had success... Clarence Snyder, you're using the book. That's, I just think it's basic. You can't go wrong. So this guy's reading this book, and he's using the book with me because I'm not supposed to be sober. Remember, I'm like him. I'm not supposed to be getting sober. I'm not supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be sitting here. I'm supposed to be back in my garage playing video games, doing cocaine, listening to bad music. <laughs> Dying. If I hadn't died by now, you know. But for some reason, I'm here. And I'm annoyingly happy. That's cool. And my life is good. And I had a rough day today. But look, at guys are already pushing me out of the way and taking over. I'm having a great day. Um, it was. It's turned out great because God's in control. Whatever went wrong was going to work out anyways. Um, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human, the exact natures of his wrongs. You know, I, I had this four-step. He explained it to me. We spent, we spent four hours on how it works, getting prepped to do a four-step. We did a third-step prayer. What's a third-step prayer? So the first time I realized that my lying, cheating, stealing, my character defects. I knew I had this out for a reason. Defects. Do-do-do. Ooh, deficiencies, shortcomings, lack, shortages, inadequacies, failures, defects, imperfections, insufficiency, lacking that impairs worth or usefulness. That was me. That's, I'm so useless and stuff like that. Something in the Bible, I'm not sure. It says something like, we're all bastards and God loves us anyways, you know, which is so cool because all the mistakes I make, all the problems I cause people, you know, I, I'm broken, but there's hope. Tomorrow's a new day. I can do this. So I'm bringing brought to this four step. I'm, I'm sitting down with God, praying, and then writing down my character defects, writing down where my, 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 uh, what my role in it was. Because I find out that 99.9% .9 of my resentments are the direct result of me trying to rip somebody off and getting caught or something similar to that in some way or another. Take, definitely basically taking advantage of people. And, and I had to realize that, God, that's the guy who's been showing up this whole time, you know? My fears. My fears are all based on me losing something that I want, need, or have already, which is everything, you know? And, and remember, 55 years old, many life-changing, ex life-ending experiences. I'm still here, but for some reason, I go right to it. It's going to over. I'm going to die, you know, and shit like that. It doesn't work. Sex harms. Really little writing. 
but I realized that the person, <laughs> but the person who's showing up, I want to let my sister date, you know? Definitely don't, don't, don't want anything to do with this guy. I lo- and, and then harms to others. I love the harms to others. Somebody just walked through my door. Hi, excuse me. Boom, steal your wallet. No reason whatsoever. I screw you over. And I got those things down on paper, right? And I'm like, ah, I've gotten closer to God because of this. You know, when I first sat down with my sponsor, we, even before we got into the forward, guess what we did? We meditated for 12 minutes. And then we got down on our knees and prayed. He didn't even ask me. He just sort of dropped to his knees and said, get down here, we're praying. Did this little prayer. God, I don't know who you are, but please help me. Damn, that's easy, you know. And it evolved. It's a little different today, hopefully. And it, for me, it's a lot different. But slowly over time, so by the time I got into this fourth step, I have God working with me because I'm praying and meditating on a daily basis. I have this guy who's explained what it is. He's explained, you know, these, these things that are important, you know, things such as uh, character, defect, honest, exact, fault, fear. Those are words I really don't understand the actual definitions, but he's got them written down here so I fully understand. So I'm going to this four-step pack, and I'm filling out the way it's supposed to be filled because I know what I'm doing. The first time I sort of tried to do it, and it was like, what does this mean? You know? But this guy filled all this information out, so I, I was on par. I knew how to do this four-step. So I'm, I plowed through the four-step. It was good. I think I did it all in two settings, uh, probably an hour and a half each setting. You know, if you got more than three or four hours on a four-step, you probably need to stop drinking so much something or whatever, um, coffee or going to the bathroom, because it's really quick. It doesn't need to take it. So I've got this four-step, right? And I sat down. We talked about this. I got this fist up. I got this guy I've been working with. I trust this guy. This is a guy who I can relate to. This is a guy who knows me already. He knows basically everything that I'm going to tell him about. And um, I spill the beans. I just read it. He doesn't let me explain, because that's my mind taking over, justifying, rationalizing, minimizing. Everything I wrote, he just says, you're lying, cheating. Well, here. These are some of the character defects that we discovered. Well, these aren't all these are these aren't all mine. <laughs> he picked a few, but just randomly, if some you don't, don't raise your hands because I think you guys are going to be able to to relate to some of these. I didn't know we had. I didn't know there's that many character defects. And I was like, God, and these these are pretty in depth. Impatient, inconsiderate, <laughs> judgmental. Nobody. <laughs> Justifying, lying, disobedient, evasive, engaging, faithless, cheating, careless, boastful, impatient, shy, sloth, stealing, stubborn, suspicious, unkind, grateful, vindictive, violent, willful. Op- that's me. You know, that, that, that's untreated alcohol. That's all of us. If you were to take all our character defects and put them in a bowl, we'd still walk out with the same ones that we had when we came in here. You know, they, just, they just show up a little differently. So I've got this fist up, and he's bringing me through, and he's writing down these little things on a sheet of paper. You know, just, and he told me he's going to basically write down some of the, the major flaws, you know, some of the major ones. He's going to write some names in case a name pops up. So for that wonderful eight and nine step that's going to be coming, very expensive sometimes. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling purged, you know. It's, it's been a few hours. We've taken cigarette breaks, you know. We've giggled. We've laughed. I've blushed. Uh, I, I didn't cry. Um, but I, I saw who I really was. I knew what the exact natures of my wrongs were, you know. And it gets down to I'm a selfish, self-centered, inconsiderate, fear-based dude, you know. And we can put all these little labels on it because, you know, we got to have labels on stuff. But when it gets right down to it, I want what I want, and I want it now. 
And if you get in my way, watch out. I'm going to get bitch slapped. It's just no way, there's no way around. That's the way I was. First time I did a four-step fist, uh, did some shit in Hazleton, don't know sure what it was. Um, I went and did this fist-step confessional thing with this lumberjack guy, and he just messed it up. And um, I'm not going to talk about it. But um, at the end of it, he said, don't do that stuff again, and rents this much, and he basically told me the rules of living in his half. I was like, yeah, and I had these little packets left over from Hazleton, six and seven, yeah, never did those things, you know. I, I can't imagine what they did because they took away my, my remember I had an intern? Well, she wasn't there anymore, so that meant I had to do the steps of my own. I didn't want to do that, so I didn't bother doing it. But uh, here I am with this guy. We've taken the book before we start the fist step, and we put it up on a shelf for some weird reason. He's just weird. <laughs> You know, and, and we're, we're doing the fist up. We're doing it, and all of a sudden it wraps up. And I'm thinking, yes, done. I'm feeling better. I got to go home. And he says, no, we do that a little differently. We're just going to leave you here, you know. What I do in our family, we do the exact same thing now. We bring the guys. I got a room. It's called the Red Room. It's got red curtains and some red furniture, but it's actually red, R-E-A-D, because this is where the big book is red, and it's, it's brought... Many, many guys through the steps of recovery, you know. It's brought a lot of people to God. There's a lot of God in this room. It's, it's, it's sacred, this room that I have. It used to be the same room. I used to play video games and snort cocaine and drink tequila. But it's gotten <laughs> so much better now. It's, and it used to be called the Red Room back then, too. What happened in the Red Room stayed in the Red Room. But now it's a room It's a room blessed by God. There's, there's amazing things that go on. I see the shift. I see the, I see the little guys coming in all pie-eyed, you know, <laughs> and they come and they leave, these little, just, I, I brought this ginger through the steps, this guy was just, and he, he's, he loved it, he says, I'm Mike Chase's ginger, but uh, this guy was so hopeless, he was so ripped and torn, you know, and now this little guy's just walking around with confidence in God, and he's sponsoring people, and just to see that is something you guys can't miss, get into the sponsor people, carry this message, okay, back to where I was, where was I? Ending up the fifth step, wrapping up the fifth step, and admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact natures of my wrongs, which meant no rationalizing, you know, getting away with it. I had to be honest with this guy. So I did that. This is what I do today, because this is where I want to talk about where I am today. I, this guy saved my life, but, I, but today is where I want to talk about because I've been doing a fist step every weekend for the past three weeks and it's just been amazing as I'm going to share the experience I do with these guys. I get these guys and, and they start off, you know, just sort of scared and by the end of it, they're, they're, they're feeling light. You know, I can see some bigger sparkle. They're, they're, they're closer. The God thing is, is starting to vibrate. You can feel the room just feels, it, you know, like the God giggles. And um, this is where I say, uh, this is the only time in our family where we deviate from the book. You know, this is the only time where we look at the book and say, Bill might not have been, like, really on par at this point of the book. <clears throat> Don't worry, it's not like anything horrible. It's just that in finding out who are you going to do my fifth step with, right? It suggests your doctor, a psychiatrist, a minister, your neighbor, your baker, your banker, a candidate, just somebody, right? Some random dude out of the out of your city because we didn't have sponsors back then, right? So you're sitting in your therapist's office. You're going on two or three, four hours, right? You're done. Get out of there. Let them get on with their life, you know? We make a commitment with our sponsees when we're bringing them through the steps. This is, we're with them to the end, you know? 
So we don't send them home to do six and seven. It says here in the book. And I'll fight anybody for this one because it's cool. This is because I had a sponsor once who I did my fifth step, right? And then he said, now go home, get quiet, and follow these directions. I go, yes, I'm on fire. I've got God on now. I'm leaving. And I hit 595 at 4.15. Traffic. I'm, I'm starting off really smooth. But by the time I get home, I'm already getting a little bit jittery. It's like, oh, I've lost that, that, that feeling, you know? And then I go home, my roommate's vacuuming. And it's like, oh, God, I need to get quiet. And I ask him to please be quiet. And he says, go. And I lost that, you know? There's just something about the steps. They all sort of go right after. There's this flow to the step process. So what it says here, let's find out what I feel like after a fist step. Ready? Once we've taken the fist step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eyes. Stand up and look at people in their eyes. You ever walk up to a newcomer and you try talking to them and you try to catch them in the eyes and they're like, come here, I'm over here, look at me. We don't look people in the eyes until we become treated. We can look the world in the eyes. We can be alone in perfect peace and ease. You know, you work with these guys, and they're like, something's wrong. I'm feeling weird. It's like, what is it? I don't know. I'm just like, it's like, that's called peace and ease. He goes like, oh, okay. They don't even know it. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator because all that shame, guilt, and remorse, all that stuff that's blocking me from God is gone, right? So I'm starting to feel connected. I'm finally at one with God again. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs. But we begin to have a spiritual experience. We start getting closer to God. That feeling the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. Anybody who's recovered, I I will bet you $5 you can't name the date or the time that that obsession to drink left. Just somewhere in the process, it just sort of vanished, right? It will often come strong. We feel we're on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And then we jump in. We do our fifth step. We come back. We read that paragraph. And then here's some specific directions. This is what we call the six and seven prep. Because we've been doing a lot of six and seven since we started on how it works. Leading up to the third step. All over my book, I've got six and seven stuff, six and seven stuff, six and seven stuff. When we talk about character defects, the lying, the cheating, the manipulation, all the things we do. Because we're prepping up. Steps three does, if you notice, the third step prayer doesn't have an amend, does it? It's this process. We don't have an amend until a couple, another step away from here. So step three leads into step four. Step four leads into step five. And step five is going to take us into step six. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. Never happened for me. So we just, I lock the guys in the red room. <laughs> I go into the my room down at the other end of the house and lock my, well, they get out and smoke cigarettes and go raid the kitchen and stuff like that. But um, I'm down at the other end of the house. I'm going to spend an hour with God too. Because I've just had this magical experience. Right? I've just spent through four, six, seven, eight hours with some guy tearing out our souls, being closer to God. So this, I'm, I'm ready for God. So I'm going to go to the other end of the house and just sit in meditation and hang out with God. This guy's got specific directions. He's got some stuff he's got to review. Carefully reviewing what we have done. He's got his little four-step package right in front of him that he's going to go look at, you know. And my specific instructions are, I want you to look at the fourth, fifth column. I want you to see who's been showing up in everybody's life. I want to see the kind of guy you used to be when you were in charge, right? Not a pretty picture, but there's a reason we're leading up to that. It's cool. Taking, oh, we thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. There's just going to be this feeling of, you can see it in their eyes. If you've ever done a fist step, it's amazing. Taking this book down from our shelf. That's why we put it up on the shelf. That's really, that's, it's in the book. We do it sort of cool, sort of. But it's fun. 
Um, specific directions for these guys. Turn to the page that contains the 12 steps. Page 58, 50, 59, right? Looking at the first five proposals. For proposals, principles, steps. First five steps. Well, guess what? There's also five chapters, isn't there? So I have my guys go through the steps, and then I also say, why don't you just go back to page zero? Well, anytime you come across with an underline, a highlight, or a box, just bounce around, relieve it. Because what we're trying to figure out is this. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask ourselves, have we admitted anything? We ask ourselves. This is his question. This isn't me. I'm going to like judge your fifth step, judge your commitment. This is for them to make that decision. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if ye have admitted anything. For you're building an arch to which we shall walk a free man. Is your work solid so far? Or have you been full of shit blowing smoke up my skirt and... Uh, doing this just to get papers signed. Well, usually by this time, you, you don't sit through 30, you know, 20, 22 hours of big book reading. You're pretty much convinced you're doing this. So the 90% of the guys are doing this, you know? Are the stones properly in place? Do you fully understand the steps that we've led up to this? Do you fully understand this is a God-based program that your lying, cheating, stealing life needs to end? You need to have... I tell my guys, great news. You never, ever have to lie, cheat, steal, manipulate, and screw people over again. Guess what? You're not going to be able to lie, cheat, steal, manipulate, screw people over again anyways. Because And they look at me like I'm giving them rules. And it's like, actually, it's because they'll have God in them. And try doing that stuff when you're walking with God. If you're holding God's hand, walking hand in hand, try being an F-tard, right? You're going to be loving and caring. And if you're not, there's a problem going on here. So, are the stones properly in place? Have you skimped on the cement put into the foundation? That one thing that they didn't put in the fist of, we talked about this last week, right? That pops up. There's guys that I watched that they say, oh, a couple months later, we're like in, in you know, panic zone because this one thing they didn't mention pops up and the behavior starts and all the other stuff that comes along with that. It's like, God, should I tell him I wear dresses or shouldn't I? You know, that's that, that type of thing. <laughs> or should I, oh, God, you know, the, 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 the things that we don't want anyone else to know, you know? That's going to maybe take me out someday. We have to be thoroughly, thoroughly honest. Gives them a little moment to say, you know, there is that one thing I forgot, you know. Always. I've never publicly told how I stole from my mom like that. I thought I was so smooth at that. What a, what a loser. <laughs> <sighs> have we skipped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? And then, then, then I lock them up for an hour. It's like, dude, this is your hour. Pray, meditate, read this stuff, look at this stuff, and we're going to come back, and we're going to do some talking, you know? And I leave them alone, and then I go. And I go into my room, and I just spend some time prayer and meditation. And these guys, you know, they, and I come back an hour later. You know, and these guys are just, they got all this paper out in front of them, and they're just, you know, they're just like, they're, they're calm, you know? And we go back, and we, and we look at them, we spend a few more minutes reviewing Forward to the first, forward to the second. You understand what this is. You understand what Alcoholics Anonymous is. This isn't like coffee night, date night. This is a this is a group of people who are going to try to help other people who are dying. Take this serious, right? Yeah, I'm serious. You understand the doctor's opinion, phenomenon of Like, yeah, we're good with that. Bill story. What was the purpose of that? It's a 12-step call. By the way, if you don't want Bill stories, the whole purpose of Bill stories, it's a 12-step call. It's for somebody who doesn't know what an alcoholic looks like, acts like, and we left them with some hope. You understand that there's a solution. Why it's God? Where that came from? Are you, are you comfortable with this? Yeah. More about alcoholism. Yeah. 
We agnostics. We always spend a little time on we agnostics because for some reason there's this conception that we have to have like this really solid conception of God before we even start step three. Not. I came in with the conception that God floated around like a bubble and looked like Glenda the Good Witch, and that was enough to get me started, you know? It's not that today. Well, it could be once in a while, but it's, it's, it's whatever it is. I'm, 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 I'm just, to, just to the fact that it doesn't have to be... Somebody once said you need to be able to write it down and draw a picture. It doesn't say that in the book. You just have to have a willingness and understanding. And then go through the four steps. They look at the steps. Are you comfortable with this? Yeah. So here's this guy, right? He's looking at this... POS that's been <laughs> that's showing up in everybody's life, right? Hi, can I screw you over, rip you off, treat you like dirt, and you know stuff like that? And then we, and I sit back and I spend a few minutes reviewing that. You know, look at this guy. Is, is there anything in there that's worthwhile? As a matter of fact, let's say your sister wants to go on a date with this guy. What do you think about that? <laughs> or better yet, imagine your kids from the future are here, right? And he, this, this guy, this guy's asking you if they can, if he can take him up to Disney World for a weekend. And he's like, <laughs> no, effing no, right? H double L, no. It's like this guy's. Is there anything? Is there anything worthy of those character defects that you want to hang on to? After an eight-hour, by the way, I've had two, three, eight, twelve-hour fist steps. You know, it doesn't matter. Just the, the, what a fist step is a fist step. What, you come to the same conclusion at the end. I'm broken and I need help. And I look at the guys and I say, so I take it you're willing to have all these removed? And they go, absolutely. So we read this over again. We turn to the page that contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask us if we have admitted anything for building an arch through which we shall walk a free man. One last chance. Good. Okay, move on. Are the stones properly emplaced? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? Those are questions for, and it says right here, next page, in green. If we can answer to our satisfaction, to our satisfaction, which is me, my sponsee's satisfaction. I'm not going to, you know, that's not four steps, not good enough. Go do some more, you know. If you can answer to your own satisfaction, we then look at step six. Because all my attempts to control my lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating were hopeless, just as my attempts to control my drug usage. I could wake up in the morning and say, I'm not going to be a thief today. I'm not going to be dishonest today. But by noon, I was, right? We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Well, I think he's pretty much, we've got the willingness part down, right? We are now, are you, are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can you think of a good reason why that cheating, lying, manipulating? No. That's a, that's a yes. Here's a question, specific question. Can he now take them, every one of them? Yes or no? Yes. Here's the problem. You ever remember in junior high and high school or somebody put a sign on your bag and said, I'm a dork, kick me? So you walk around and people keep kicking you and stuff like that. There's some character defects are like boogers on your fingers. You know, it's like you don't know they're there, but they keep popping up a little bit. You know, we've done a four step, we've done a fifth step, and I see all these major glaring ones, but maybe this little annoying one that just doesn't really go. I don't know us. It's like it won't go away. And um, if we still cling to something, we will not let go. We ask God to help us be willing. Perhaps there's some part of me that's still justifying, I 
got to lie to my wife about that or something, you know, something out there. We got to turn that part over to God. Now, here's the magic that's going to be. Oh, that's for next week. Thank you very much. Mike will be here for the next six more weeks. Six weeks.